0: Oh, man, this one's gonna be tough. No, it's not. Here I go. Hello, my Bowling Greens. This is your LaCrossing Red, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, and his Polo Playing Purple podcast, Beware the Hairy Mango. Today's story is about getting too big for your britches. You think you're hot stuff, but you're actually running around bare-ass. Well, all right, you are hot stuff. But you're certainly not going to cover anything up with those Aquanets. Aquanets by Matthew Sanborn-Smith. While many scientists were wasting their time trying to cure cancer and end world hunger, Paul was working on things that people actually wanted, like growing hair on fish. And unlike those other losers, Paul got his thing to work. You're probably thinking it was some potion that he poured into the water. Don't be silly. Paul would have to massage his formula into the scalp of each individual fish, and that fish would then have to make an appointment to visit Paul's clinic once a week for the following eight weeks, with a follow-up visit three months later. Seems like a lot of work, I know, and add to that the fact that the therapy usually wasn't covered under the fish's medical plan. But the ones who did get the treatment began getting jobs and auditions that previously had gone to much younger fish. This new brand of grouper and shaker was the envy of lower-income fish everywhere, and the market for fish toupees exploded. The trend among Swedish fish was to break up strings of Twizzlers and Red Vines to make themselves fabulous dreadlock wigs. As the years passed, prices came down, and a full head of ichthyic tresses was within the reach of even blue-collar fish, not to mention blue fish collars. I'd like to say that all that heroin Went to their heads, but in fact it had started out on their heads. What I mean is they got attitudes all of a sudden. Fucking otters think they're the bomb just because they got fur? We'll fix them. The fish started slicking back their hair, sporting leather jackets and pushing around fishermen, playing keep-away with their fisher hats, until they burst into tears and boated home to tell their wives. The fish became so confident they went on to shore. With their long luxurious manes, they were sought out by photographers who slapped them all over the covers of steamy romance novels. Realizing they had a good thing going, the fish the fish began hooking up with humans at nightclubs. They'd hop a taxi back to their places and cover their nether regions with tartar sauce, which their dates found irresistible. Things got completely out of hand when the fish turned to throwing enormous nets over large groups of humans and dragging them into the sea. Then they celebrated by drinking like fish, and when they were hungover, they tried some of the hair of the fish that bit them. There were a lot of bald sharks that day. Some of the more environmentally inclined fish complained that they were overhumaning the lands, and what was the point of it all? Most of them weren't eating their catches, they just mounted human heads on their walls and ground up human fingernails and toenails as aphrodisiacs. Then they threw the rest of the human away. Well, what humans were left knew they would have to be crafty if they were going to get out of this mess. They ganged up and caught a little girlfish, put sea lice in her hair, and sent her back to play with her friends. Soon all the fish were scratching their heads, or at least trying to. You try scratching with a fin. It was infuriating, if they only had fingernails. Then some asshole pointed out that they had had shitloads of fingernails, but they had gone and ground them all up. The fish tried shaving their hair off, but every time they plugged in an electric shaver, they got electrocuted. Finally, the humans offered to shave the fish back on land. The fish finally gave in and were so humiliated by their hair loss, they skulked back into the sea and stayed indoors. But their non-itchy scalps came at a further price. The humans, after all, had entire land masses to repopulate. They demanded some of that human nail aphrodisiac the fish were always on about. But why not? It's not like the bald-head fish were getting any tonight. (laughs) If this story chipped your fish, you can mend it and other shattered dreams at the webadoo of the fish glue, bewarethehairymango.com. Vomit profusely in the comments for this post or tear and email me and we'll squash the populace at matthew at bewarethehairymango.com or declare martial law and crack their gourds at the Mango at gmail.com. When summer rolls around, the SF and SF Signal will stand for stomped flat, the fate of most of the insects in the sfsignal.com offices and a couple of the people, but I'm not supposed to mention that. All I'm saying is check the bottoms of Paul Weimer's shoes. Twitter your cardigan sweater that if it can reach into its own pocket, it will find a laminated copy of my poetic license. Please be a dear and return it to me at twitter.com upwithgravity because the police won't let me fill my journals with posy until such time. Subscribe through the PayPal button on the homecoming page for the frog princely sum of four bucks a month and get two more shows a month from June through April. That's 22 sweet spankin' episodes of my brand new show, Beware the Elitist Mango, which is exactly like Beware the Hairy Mango, except for the name. And the cost. This podcast burrows up through the flesh of an overripe melon to infect Honduran migrant workers with a passion for reportage of ancient Abyssinian Scrabble games in which the tiles were made of cheese and the board was made from the hardened souls of shoemaking elves who received not one word of thank you for lifetimes of third shift bullshit. And if Lenny the Foreman thinks I'm skipping another break so we can redo these motherfucking aglets that I told him were going on crooked in the first place, he can suck my Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share-alike 3.0 on ported license. Until money walks and bullshit talks, this can't ever have been Matthew Sanborn-Smith telling you a poor fecal sample collector always blames her stools. Good night. This podcast burrows up through the flesh of an overripe melon to infect Honduran migrant workers with a passion for a reportage of ancient Abyssinian Scrabble games. Fucked up. God damn it.